Scumbag Nation, what up, what up, what up everyone, welcome to episode 204, you heard that right, episode 204 of Combos Court, and I am Combo, don't forget to rate, review, and punch down on that subscribe button right on your Apple Podcast app or wherever you listen to Combos Court. Today's show, Dan Wetzel of Yahoo Sports joins in. Dan is a best-selling author and also the executive producer of the Netflix docuseries on Aaron Hernandez called Killer Inside. You could find Dan on Twitter at Dan Wetzel. That's D-A-N-W-E-T-Z-E-L. You know you could find me on Instagram at 1-2-Combo. That's o n e. T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O, intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. Wetzel of Yahoo Sports. Welcome to Combos Court. How are you feeling today? I am good. How are you? I'm doing well. I am doing well. Um, you're the executive producer of Killer Inside, the Netflix docuseries. Um, I don't consume a lot of content on Netflix, but I actually did watch that show. It was really well done. Um, what did you learn about Aaron during your time making this show? And just give us a brief overview for those that didn't get to see it. Yeah, I mean, the stories uh, about Aaron Hernandez, obviously the former Patriot who... Uh uh you know was convicted of murder was accused of two other murders was linked to three other shootings um obviously a tragic tale ended up committing suicide uh in prison totally one of a kind story at least we hope so you know i i covered that trial i covered the case from the moment uh hernandez became a kind of a, a suspect a person of interest and so through two trials, uh, all the different back and forths, all the way to a suicide. I think the number one thing you learn about Aaron Hernandez, and hopefully is in the in the the Netflix uh, docu series, is that nobody knew Aaron Hernandez. He was a guy who had so many different secret lives. Um, you know, he he was a chameleon. He could play the role of, you know, really fairly organized professional football player he could be the doting father he could be the 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 great friend and yet those people didn't know that oh he's also hanging around with these guys or he's actually uh you know uh, bisexual and and you know his, his stuff that his family didn't know just so many different aspects to his life that would that would surprise people thought he was happy and and energized when he got acquitted of, of two murders or found not guilty on two murders. And then th- four days later, he commits suicide, um, literally hung up the phone with friends that night and, and then committed suicide hours later and no one could, could, could gather it. So he was a guy who surprised people at all times. Nobody knew really who he really was and uh, really a, a, a tragic tale because you got three murdered uh, people and then obviously the devastation he left behind. So it, it's not an, he's not an easy guy to just put in a box and say, this is what he is. Yeah, I guess I have so much to unpack there, but I got two questions for you. Um, 
Would you say he had split personality disorder and how did he hide his double life? I, you know, I'm, I'm not a psychiatrist, so I, right. I don't know. I don't know. Right. Um, but clearly he had, he just had different lives. I mean, he's, he's a, he's a closeted homosexual who also has, a, a, you know, essentially a marriage and a family and his fiance suspects nothing. He's a guy who had this, you know, uh, could hang out with Robert Kraft and, and billionaire owners. And they, they thought he was a great guy. And yet at night he's out with uh, a drug trafficker and gun dealer in Connecticut, uh, literally, you know, in drive by shootings in Boston. Um, you know, he, he caught it. He caught a touchdown pass from Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, And six months later was at least at, at very least the getaway driver in a double homicide and then played another entire season of the NFL and then was involved in more shootings. So, you know, who was he? And, uh, you know, whether that's split personality or I, I don't know any of that. I just know that nobody really knew him. So you would talk to uh, when we would interview people or, or even talk to people that wouldn't be on uh, on camera or throughout the whole trial, you would just get little fragments of his life from different people. And this friend might know this part. This friend might know this. This friend might know that. His family might know this. It, it just was an extremely complicated guy. Um, again, and he just never stopped surprising people. So uh, right up to the literally the night of his death, when when he shocked his family and those those who were around him by by taking his own life to the point where they didn't even believe he possibly they thought maybe it was a murder, not taking his own life. And, and, and the evidence overwhelmingly he was he took his own life. But just a. Um, just a, a, a very, very interesting, I don't want to say fascinating because it kind of connotes something positive, but um, right, certainly a, a, facet, a, a very fascinating guy, though. Very interesting. Uh, let's shift to college basketball. I know things are fluid, but uh, how do you think this upcoming college season will look? You know, like no season we've ever had. Uh, you know, I think, uh, I think you're already seeing it in the other sports. Uh, unless you know, between now and the start of the season, there's a massively effective vaccine or something like that, which, you know, hopefully, but doesn't seem, uh, doesn't sound likely, uh, you know, you're going to have, uh, you know, postponements, going to have cancellations, going to have teams in flux, you can have seasons in flux, you can have games in flux, you have games played without crowds. I mean, college basketball without a crowd. Yeah. What is that? I mean, it's not college basketball, right? I mean, that's a co- the crowd is like one third of the game, right? Duke in an empty Cameron indoor. That's that'd be bizarre. Maybe more than any other sport we see. And we've seen some like wild. I mean, I was watching the game the other night, the Monday night football game it was actually like hauntingly beautiful, but like an empty Lambeau field is like, well, that's crazy, but it's still not Cameron indoor. So, you know, it's just going to be this season. And, you know, when guys, players are going to, uh, are going to get the coronavirus. Maybe they already have me there, but it's, it's where in the season, where in this matchup, what kind of bubbles can we create? What kind of, you know, um, what kind of tournaments can we create that have bubbles? Well, how can we minimize it? I just think it's going to be, it's going to be uh, a wild season. Like we have not, uh, have not ever seen before. Hopefully at the very least we can get to where we have, uh, some kind of viable end of the season and NCAA tournament. Yeah. And it, it'll be interesting to see how they're going to get it done at the lower levels of division one. And 
how they'll, you know, division two, II, division three, like, are we, are they all going to have seasons? Or are we just going to focus on high majors? Have you heard anything about that? Well, I, you know, one of the biggest things and everyone's waiting for is the availability of, of the, the true rapid testing at a very low cost. So these right. saliva tests that can, that can give you a, a response in 15 minutes and it costs four bucks. Um, we've been hearing that this is going to happen and is scalable now for six weeks. Now, when do we actually get that? Um, there's been some successes, so, you know, it just isn't coming quite the way. Once they can get that, then I think it actually the, the likelihood of the season rolling on is pretty good because you can, you can get somebody and find out that they have it as, as soon as possible and then keep them from the team. And you should be able to, you know, operate when you talk to the experts, you know, they, they lay it out and, the, and you're testing nonstop. So your, your, uh, your effectiveness rate can get up to 99% because you just, you know, they may only be 80% effective, but you take them enough times you're at 99. So, and, and then smaller colleges programs can afford that. So, and these are, these are relatively small, you know, the beauty of basketball is you've have a traveling party of 25, right? The NBA has got 30. 30, 30 people in the bubble. Uh, you don't even need that for college basketball, be a little lower. So if that happens and that comes online, then I think the possibility is much greater that this works, but you know, we're in October. We're hoping to start late November. I mean, the clock's ticking. We will see if it doesn't, then I think it's going to be a, a kind of a free for all and, and who knows. Yeah. Dan, as you know, very well, players can now profit off their image and likeness. Have you ever, have you heard any specific instances of this happening yet? I have not. Are, are you, 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 I mean, what is the latest ruling on that? Yeah, I think they could do it. I just haven't heard anything from like, you know, California did it and then everybody else followed as you know, very well, but I haven't heard anything specific about it. I mean, college football is rolling on. I would think that we would hear something. Yeah. I think Florida's comes into play maybe in January. Okay. I'm not sure that it's that it's live right now. And ah, they're trying to come okay. up with a national solution and an NCA a bit. So I don't think we've got there. I don't think that's operational right now, but we're certainly on the brink of that. Uh, obviously that's going to change. You know, it's, it's going to allow players to make some money. Right. Um, and I think the question for fans is how does this change the competitive instincts of, of the game? How do we, you know, uh, does it, does it change recruiting basically, particularly in basketball. And, you know, what I think is it actually will, will level the playing field. I think it's a good thing for a lot of particularly basketballs type schools, because uh, it's all about market size and, and, you know, the local booster that can, that can help out or the local businesses are being the star in, in your town and getting commercials or autograph opportunities. And so, look, we already see that the best players all flock to the same couple schools. We already right. have that. They all go to Duke. They go to Kentucky. They go to Kansas, you know, and maybe you can do something else. But now, you know, let's say you're Wichita State and you are the biggest deal in Wichita, Kansas, and you can be the star there. You will be – you will potentially have more opportunities to earn name, image, and likeness money. By, by signing deals at the car dealership, you know, signing autographs at a car dealership to bring fans in or being in a local pizza commercial or whatever these things are going to be, by being the biggest star in a smaller pond than just being the third guy in the Duke recruiting class. 
So it can level the playing field, you're saying? I think it, I think it can and will. And I think places like Gonzaga, where you're huge in spoke, those schools, Villanova, you know, certainly places like that. Why be the fourth? It, it, right now you say, well, why Bo be the, the fourth best recruit at Duke? Well, I, we can win a national title. I get to play for Duke. All, all those things will be the same. Now you're throwing something else in, which is money. And you might yeah. be able to say, look, you know, if you're on, you're on that Duke, you're Zion Williamson, sure, you're going to make a fortune. But you're the fourth guy on the Duke recruiting class. Are you really going to command that big of a deal? No, probably not. Not as much as you do. It's the way, generally, if you're looking for a job right now and you have two job offers, first thing you think of is what? How much am I getting paid? What's the, what's the money? Because otherwise, and so you might say, well, there's this startup. It, it's, the offices aren't as good. The, the, you know, the commute's not quite as good as this Fortune 500 company, but I'm actually going to make like a little bit more over here and there's more potential to make more money. And you, and you go, that's why I chose that instead of, which is not always the right decision, right? Not always. Yeah. But you know, I I just think you you've added something to the pie. Everyone's like, well, the big schools will just buy all the recruits. They already get all the recruits. You know, if they do, how would we know the difference? Kentucky gets all the recruits. Okay. Like Duke and Kentucky are going to fight it out over someone, but you might be able to, you're not going to get Zion Williamson go to Wichita state. You might get somebody else though. And I, I, I'll, I'll be interested to see, but my feeling is it will level the playing field. And for basketball schools, being the star basketball player, when you don't have to compete with football is no matter how big of a basketball star you are in Alabama, you're not going to be as big a deal as the quarterback. Right. And so these markets can only handle so many superstars the same way, you know, you can be the best New York Islander, but you're not getting the TV commercials that the best New York Yankee is It just didn't right. happen. Right. So there's only so much. And, and that's where I think too, you get maybe not that Duke Kentucky level, but you say, well, why am I going to Alabama? I'm going to Wichita state and make a little bit more money, you know? And you go, well, right now you get to play in the sec. Well, all right, that's still there, but now there's another variable. So I think it's going to be, absolutely fascinating is someone who loves recruiting and recruiting trends and just watching it. I'm not so sure this doesn't make, make college basketball, particularly, uh, uh, you know, to be able to go sell and say, you'll be the biggest star on our campus, the biggest star amongst our fans, the biggest star in our city. I think that's a really nice and make some money off of it. And you're going to make money off it. Yeah. There's a, there's a tangible benefit to being that not just they great. I'm popular and which especially like a West Virginia. Like West Virginia could yeah. be huge right? college town, college town. Absolutely. And yeah. so you say, well, we right now, West Virginia does not beat Kentucky for recruits right now. Rarely, if ever, oh, no. but they might, you might, you might spread out and say, Hey, I want to be the number one guy. And even these mid majors, I mean, some of these mid majors have really big followings in smaller places. hundred percent. Especially so, when there's not like a big NBA franchise or anything like that, yeah, you know, like Southern Illinois. I mean, you know, like these, some of these places have fans, right. And so, you know, and so again, you're not going to get Zion, but you're fighting for a, a three or four star recruit who's thinking about, I can go and play at, at Missouri and be the fourth recruit here. I can go here, go to the Valley and be the number one recruit on my, on my team. Maybe you peel that kid off when you wouldn't normally. So I think it's going to be super interesting. Most definitely. You mentioned Zion. And what have you made of his NBA career so far? Because I really feel like there's a lack of transparency when it comes to him. Well, yeah, obviously the injury, the the knee situation. I think when he went into the bubble and 
they were limiting minutes. And they were doing that in summer league. Like, I mean, he yeah. played one game. I felt like they were hiding something. I could be wrong. I never heard that. That was just the feeling I got. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a natural reaction. I don't know. But okay, he's yeah. literally sat in quarantine now for five months, four months, whatever. Right. It's late July. He's 19. And it's like, okay, we're going to limit his minutes in, in, in the bubble. And you're like, whoa, like he hasn't done anything. This isn't, you know, what are we doing here? Which could, which could be the issue. He didn't do anything. That could be the issue, issue, but he looked good. He had lost weight. He, you know, he was, he was looking sharp. I don't know. Certainly it's, it's, you wonder what we know, because I would have thought coming into the, into the, into the bubble, he would have been full, full, full go. And instead they were limiting minutes and he didn't get it done. Obviously when he is healthy, he is virtually unstoppable at this at this size and speed right now how will he be in five years i don't know does he lose that little step of explosiveness i hope he is 100 percent healthy next year because he is so much fun to watch because you just we've never seen anything like this guy but certainly i think there's a concern of you know how is this worse than we is this as bad as we fear uh and and we're i, I certainly don't get anything from the the Pelicans that make me, th- I didn't, I haven't seen anything that makes me think it's, it's not. Yeah. I'm glad he got his NBA contract and the Jordan contract. Cause I mean, at least he got paid, you know, he's got, he's got his money. Yeah, if he never dribbles sure. again, he's going to be okay. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, I would argue, and I don't know if you agree with me that the TV production, the TV product, I would say is actually better in the bubble. What are your thoughts? Well, they can do a million camera angles because you don't know. Right. You're not blocking these pesky fans. <laughs> so right. um, I think that's pretty interesting. Um, I don't know. I it, it certainly they did a they did a really good job. Um, you know, I, I we're talking on uh, on uh, Wednesday. There was Game Four of the Finals last. I mean, I just think there were moments in the game Game Four of the NBA Finals last night where like Hero throws in a crazy three and and america you know down in miami it would have just been bedlam they would have That's called true. time out and the crowd and the energy and and does that energy lift guys like hero and duncan robinson and some of these guys to, to play better and better in that game and instead you know they're whooping it up but it's if you're the lakers you don't have to call timeout to try to take the energy out of the building so i, I it, they they've done an the nba is unbelievable i mean nobody I mean, literally, this was it. Like, we're not going to have one test, and we're going to put on a really good TV product. We're not going to have one positive. Like, yeah, yeah. There was insane. a lot of ske- there was a lot of skepticism, and here we are in the NBA finals. Did, right. Their plan worked perfect. Perfect. They were one one positive, not one. They they got everyone through. They're about to finish this thing. Great job, NBA. I think the TV product's been very good, uh, and you know, but. I still love that. I love the the energy of an NBA or college arena in basketball is so phenomenal and such an intricate part of the game. High school basketball too. Um, you know, I, I think we kind of missed that a little bit. Yeah. Um, Dan, what do you make of the Doc Rivers hiring? I'm always the one that would say, do not trade Ben, do not trade Joel, run it back, especially with somebody with a new look. And on top of that, you have a top five NBA coach. I think that's the right thing to do. What do you make oh, of yeah. what do you what do you make of the you know the current situation of the Philadelphia I, I, 76ers and the Doc Rivers hiring? I think the Doc Rivers hiring was great. I think right. yes, absolutely run it back. This yeah. is a guy who's handled the best players in the NBA over the last couple decades. If if he can't get Simmons and Embiid 
you can't figure this out how to build a winner with those two pieces, then that probably can't be done. And if he can't, yep. whatever whatever internal uh, challenges they have, and I don't know whether I don't know what they are, but obviously everything's not working. If Doc Rivers comes in and, and can't get that done, then it probably can't be done. So I think this is the I wouldn't say the last shot at the experiment, but it's a it's a really good shot at the experiment because you've got the coach that the players should respect the own, you know, management, ownership, all that should respect. And he, and he should be able to figure something out because he's done it so many times with so many different players. And I think that'll be a, a big part of it. We'll see. Obviously yeah. this is the, the whole process and the whole thing has not gone the way Philly wanted. Uh, you see teams like Miami just rebuild on the fly without ever tanking and back in the finals, you know, cause they have a culture and system, you know, they have a culture, a system and a great coach and you, they, they make guys better. And you conform yep. to them, you know. Right. Jimmy Butler got dumped by three teams, including Philly. Right. You know? And now, well, pretty good. Pretty good. You know, and the series, they're going to lose the series. But, you know, you don't know what it would have been with, with the health and all. They probably were going to lose anyway. But they got there. Yeah. They're back. And so that's what you want to build in the NBA is that culture. I didn't think it was that big of a surprise. As you go into the NBA bubble, and it's such a unique thing that we end up in the East with probably the – teams with the two best cultures uh playing each other boston and, and miami and and that game probably hinged that series probably hinged on bam out a better bio bam just making that incredible block of, of uh right right if, if early yeah right if that goes down boston might win that you know it's one play and now it's a it's a long series just like the sixers would have been in the finals if Kawhi doesn't hit that shot why doesn't hit that shot right so it's a game of inches it's, it's a game of inches but certainly i think it's a good reboot for for philly and 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 give it a shot but you if you can build that but when i look at a season where so much uncertainty and then you look and go and and lebron kind of creates his own cultures too like you know you know and vote i don't know quite know what miami's necessarily got or uh la's got but lebron's you know it's like the the teams that are best run were able to navigate the uncertainty and the teams right. that aren't the best run fell apart on this thing yeah and i think i mean they're top NBA players and they're not the perfect fit when I'm talking about uh, Ben and Joel and they do need to, they need the right roster construction. You know, that's another culture and roster construction I think are huge for them. Yeah. I mean, you still got two great talents there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, a few more things before we get out of here. I know you had your dealings with Bobby Knight. Do you have a great Bobby Knight story for us? Bobby Knight story. Yeah. I'll give you a good Bobby Knight story. Um, so I was, uh, I was supposed to interview Bob Knight up in uh, New York for pre like a preseason NIT or some, some kind of early season event. And I went to New York and my boss at the time was very like, he didn't like, if you were on the road spending company money, I was working at CBS sports at the time. Okay. Dot uh, com. Like you had to come back with store. Like he didn't want you just writing some halfway story and you are getting a hotel room. And he was always skeptical that you were just trying to go to New York. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to, I, this is good. I'm going to get with Bob Knight night before this thing. He's always going to give you something. That's a, that's a story, right? Right. Their plane gets delayed and uh, some kind of flight problem. Like I, I, I'm not, they're like, well, he's not, they're not getting into later. We're not, we can't get them for you. Uh, I call on his son, Pat, it's a friend of mine. And I'm like, you know, I got to get with your dad tonight. You put him on the phone, anything on the bus ride over. And, and they, they go practice some high school in Queens and Bob, Bob Knight gets on the phone. And I, I tell Pat, I go, he goes, well, we're going to go to dinner. I say, I'll tell you what, I'll, I, let me come to dinner. I'll buy dinner, right? I'll buy your dad dinner. So 
Bob Knight gets on the phone and he goes, I got to see this. A sports writer is going to buy me dinner. Right. I'm like, I will buy you dinner. And he goes, it goes, all right. I go and he goes, but I got, I, you know, I got a, you know, we got a group and I go, I'll buy dinner for your guys. How many, you know, let's, let's pick the restaurant. I'll buy dinner. Right. So they give me the address of the restaurant. It's like some Brazilian steakhouse in Manhattan. So I go meet, meet us there. I mean, it's kind of getting late, like 9 30, 10 o'clock dinner. Right. I'm like, I got to get this story. I absolutely like I'm screwed. So I'm standing out in front of the restaurant. And all of a sudden, the team bus pulls up. Texas Tech, they, out comes the guys. Here comes players, assistant coaches, trainer, boosters, because they're all going to New York. There's like 50 <laughs> freaking guys come off this. Wives, everyone. Knight comes off the bus. He's wearing a fishing hat right in the middle of Manhattan. I'm standing there. He walks right at me doesn't say a word doesn't even look at me and he, as he's going by he goes how you like my guys <laughs> so at this point i'm like i am so screwed like i can't put in a five thousand dollar expense on this dinner but then it's like you right. can't connote fear to bob knight so you have to be like yeah yeah i got this and he's like game, game face on when you're with bob i knight. paid for his meal and my meal and they texas tech paid for all the rest so it worked out and actually made for a good story but man, I was terrified in that moment. He's 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 hysterical. He's awesome, hysterical. awesome, great stuff, uh, Dan. You're always welcome back on the show. But before you get out of here, can you tell us a little bit about your book series? Yeah, Epic Athletes is uh, the book series. It's like designed for sort of middle school age readers. They're about okay. uh, it's it's old. It's it's kind of old school sports biographies, like 120 pages. Kind I read growing up, like a lot of like Scholastic. Read. Remember that? Little bit, little yeah, bit like yeah. Scholastics. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're about, they're about, uh, we have, you know, basketball, we have, we have, um, Steph Curry, uh, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, there's Alex Morgan and Lionel Messi in soccer, Serena Williams, Simone Biles, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes is just out. Uh, I'm missing somebody in some sport. I don't know, but, uh, there's a bunch of, there's a whole bunch of them and, you know, they talk a lot. It's focused. It's written to the middle school reader age. A lot of boys, particularly, uh, although there's a lot of girl sports fans and they buy, they're buying the books probably more than the boys. It's a problem. Boys don't read. Sixth graders, they're, they're playing video. You know, it's hard to get them to read. So Fortnite, not, yeah. Fortnite well, is yeah. big, yeah. And so this is something, and not all of them are into like Harry Potter fiction. Like that was nothing, something that never appealed to me. I would have I would have liked this. So yep. the books focus on what these kids were like when the guys were like when they were middle schoolers. Because you look at them now and you say, well, yeah, Steph Curry's. Now, Steph Curry was too small when he was in seventh grade, right? Everyone said, you're too small. You're not going to be as good as your dad, right? Serena Williams, like, you're the younger sister. You're the other sister. Um, right. Alex Morgan was cut from her travel soccer team. Like, all the different things that actually, um, they weren't just all just born into this greatness, right? And so they all have these stories and spend a lot of time talking about that kind of age of fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth grade, high school talking to coaches and stuff like that. So they've been a really big uh, success. It's been really rewarding to have these, you know, to get these stories and letters even from kids who, who uh, don't normally read, but found, you know, Hey, a LeBron James book, I'll read that. And, and, and actually read the, read the entire book. So it's been good. Thanks for having. Yep. Dan, great stuff. You're always welcome back on the show. Where can we find you on social media? Uh, at Dan Wetzel on Twitter and uh, 
Instagram, I think, is Dan Wetzel Sports. But I don't okay. post that much on Instagram. Thanks Not for taking – Okay. <laughs> Thanks for taking the time. You're always welcome back. Talk soon. All right. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. There it is. Episode 204 is in the books. Thank you for listening to Combos Court, and thanks to Dan for joining in. We appreciate you. Combo Nation, let me know how you feel about this episode by dropping a comment right on your Apple Podcast app. Rate and review the show wherever you listen to Combos Court, and take a screenshot of this episode. Post it on your IG stories. Tag me at one to combo that's oni t-w-o-c-o-m-b-o be on the lookout for episode 205 combo out